Hola. Hey guys, how are you? Just double checking that you guys can hear me and see me. How are you doing today? Happy. What is it? Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. I'm in Spain. I'm in Barcelona. This is my city. Uh, I am traveling here for the next two weeks. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna move my guitar away because it's the noise travels a lot. Oy. Hi Michelle, how are you doing? Hi Loretta, hi Brittany. Awesome, thank you for letting me know that you can hear me well. So happy to be with all of you here during my holidays. Uh, I miss you, so that's why I, I do these sessions. Beautiful morning, hope you are enjoying Barcelona and family. I am, CJ, thank you for asking. I'm having a great time here with my mom, with my dad, with my sister, my friends. I went out on the weekend. And today's topic, it's really, it really fits very nicely with me being here because uh, someone requested to, to cover this topic, right? Like to cover the topic of uh, long travel tips. So tips when you are going on a long trip and the nomadic lifestyle that many people are having and enjoying this, these days. Being nomadic sometimes doesn't mean having to be full-time a nomad, but it can mean creating a mix that works really well with you and with what you want. In my personal case, uh, the mix that I enjoy and my family enjoys is uh, working 10 months every year uh, and then enjoying one month of separate traveling. Like it's my own travel with my friends, with my family, with whatever I want to do as an individual. And the other month is with my family or with, with Samantha, with my wife. So for us, having those two months and then working 10 months and mixing that up in a nice way, that's what really I enjoy. So that's our nomadic kind of lifestyle that we enjoy now. But before that, I was traveling for over two and a half years. So I was a nomad for a really long time. Uh, okay, so that's why I'm, I feel comfortable talking about this topic. And I thought many of you guys are exploring this idea or maybe curious about this idea. Self-care, absolutely, CJ. Uh, sometimes uh, traveling is part of a lot of people's lives because sometimes because of work, because of life, you just end up in a place that is far away from, from your home, far away from your family. Or maybe you are an adventurous kind of person and you want to learn a new skill. And that skill only happens in a specific location. Like I love kite surfing and where I live in, in Canada, I am in the middle of, of no water around me. I need to drive almost three hours to get to the water. So for me, I did a couple of trips just to do kite surfing and that was the intention. So that's another, that's another reason that I, uh, another thing that I encourage you to do when you are going to travel, make sure that you have a clear intention of why you are going there because that really helps. Uh, hi, Mindy. Hi, Cecilia. Hi, Michelle. Yes, you sound great. Thank you for hosting this week. Yeah, Michelle, I, I honestly thought, I thought at the beginning, I'm not going to do lives during my vacation. But then I thought, no, I enjoy the variety. And if I can make it happen, why not? Because I really enjoy doing this. So how are you guys doing? And what would you like to learn today about, about the topic? Why did you come to this session? Namaste from India, really wait for your session. I resonate with them so much. Shilpa, thank you for being here. 
from India. Did you know that I spent almost one full year in India when I was a nomad? <laughs> I started in Delhi, went all the way up to Kashmir, uh, Ladakh, beautiful, and then Himachal Pradesh, and then I did a, a, a long round. So I spent there almost one full year in India, just traveling around. Uh, happy to hang out with you. <laughs> Thank you, Cecilia. Yeah, so uh, doing well, how do you research places with good Wi-Fi for work? Michelle, that's a really good question. And when you are planning a nomadic lifestyle or a long trip and you rely on internet, when I was a nomad, uh, for example, in India, I ended up buying a SIM card and, and paying for internet through my phone because that was more reliable than me having to use Wi-Fi in, in hostels and it was easier and more convenient than going to the coffee shops. And in India, I have to tell you, I was getting viruses everywhere. Anytime I connected my USB into a computer, I had a virus. <laughs> so I ended up figuring out a way to have a little, a little USB where I was starting my computer from that USB to be able to see the viruses and remove them. So it was a nightmare. So that's why I ended up having internet, but depending on the country, okay? So depending where you are going, these days, majority of the times, majority of the places have pretty good Wi-Fi, okay? So majority of the places have good enough Wi-Fi to do the basic things like video conference, sometimes even uh, internet, like emails, stuff like that is okay. If you need to access a specific platform or you need to upload a huge amount of data, then I will say maybe you your situation is a little bit different and more specific. If that's your case, I will say research... Uh, plans that you can pay for while you are there okay because sometimes they are not as expensive as we think they they are okay that's what one way uh, again it depends on on what you need some people are okay doing the work in their computers and then every now and then they connect to the internet through a when they have good wi-fi or they go to a coffee shop and they have enough with that because it's good to disconnect sometimes, but sometimes if you need to be connected because of work or because of something that you need access every day, then maybe having your own connection can be a good idea, okay? Hi, Amy. Uh, yeah, I'm in Spain. <laughs> so who who here is thinking, um, who here is thinking to doing a long trip or to, to explore the idea of becoming a nomad or maybe go for a sabbatical? A sabbatical could be somewhere between two, three months, all the way up to like a year or two. So, Michelle, you are. So, can you share more about what you are planning on doing so that I can maybe uh, help you out? Or, or if you want to ask a specific question. Uh, Heidi, how are you? Yeah, I have some ideas here to share with you. But if you guys want to share your specific case, I'm happy to gear the conversation towards your specific needs. Careers can take you traveling as well. I used to be told I was the only person they knew who took a 747 to work every week. <laughs> Domestic USA, but it's a big, it's a big country. Yeah, so a lot of people find themselves traveling a lot because of work. Uh, and again, sometimes it's just, that's the nature of your job. Some people enjoy that. Majority of the people I talk to, they get tired of it because I think it's very pretty exhausting, to be honest, if you do it every week. Yes, eventually in a van. Do you travel in a van? So Jay, I, I did have my own van and I did buy a van in when I was in New Zealand. I actually had two vans there uh, and I traveled with van. So it depends on what the, the experience that you are trying to do. 
what I found out my personal experience traveling with a van when I was in Spain I had one too but I was um, I, I was not being a nomad in Spain but I used it to go away every pretty much every weekend and I had the ability to sleep inside I had the ability to like be very flexible and that saved me a lot of money in accommodation and I was just camping I was traveling very minimalistic so uh, it was like being in a tent but instead of being in a tent you are in a van so it's safer it's it's uh, drier, <laughs> you don't get wet if it rains and you can cook a little bit. So that was in Spain. When I was in New Zealand, I was fully, fully on living in there. Okay, and, and the experience there was nice. The only thing that I found is that uh, because I experienced hitchhiking, I experienced taking buses, I experienced traveling with other people and, and the van. And for me, the van was very isolated, very, I found it very, very lonely. That's how I found it. Because at that time of my life, when I was traveling with my ex-partner, it was okay, but it got to the point that it was very lonely, very like, um, I enjoyed more when I was hitchhiking, meeting new people and, and going in adventures with other people, sharing the experiences. I found that more enriching for me. But again, different situations, different needs, different wants. Having a van is great if, if you are looking to to be able to move freely, to be able to have your own home and move it around easily. And then if you like to have your own space and you don't need to share, you don't you don't feel like being social all the time and you enjoy your own company and sleep, sleeping alone and that's fine, that's, a, that's good. And depending where you go traveling, you can also share the trip with other people temporarily. That's what a lot of people did. They did a, a lot of car share and van share. And they maybe go for a week or two and they share the van and they share expenses and they, they travel together. Um, so Michelle says, um, let me see the comments. Going to Dublin with a group to uh, co-work together, want to be productive. Amazing, Dublin. Uh, Brittany says, I always love the idea of being a nomad, but I will probably miss my family. So maybe start small, like three months. Yeah, Brittany, absolutely. Get started small chunks. See how it feels. See, see get to experience it first because it, it's very it's very scary for some people and there are so many moving pieces that you don't know how you are going to feel you don't know if you are going to like it so it's really a good idea to get started small and then start incrementing the time that's what i did i was scared of going away uh, so i got started going to peru for a couple of weeks i went to egypt for a couple of weeks and then uh, i started to experience the, the the traveling right and i i, I liked it and i thought i can do this for a longer time and that's when i started my long trip uh, australia next like like the rental van idea yeah michelle australia is a really big country and I, I met a lot of people that they had a van i didn't have a van there but i i did go to a website like Gigi, like a how was it called there i think it was called gumtree g-u-m-3 i think gumtree was the website i was using there to find people to travel with and I found this this nice lady from, from Germany and she had a four-wheel drive. She was traveling alone. And then my partner at the time and me, we, we were traveling with her and now she's still a really good friend of us. Uh, so it was amazing, really nice travel. We traveled together for like two or three months. Beautiful, we had a, lo a really nice time together. Uh, so yeah, that's an option. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, so you don't need to own your own car if you don't want to. You can but you can own your own car and you don't have to travel alone all the time either. So it's very flexible. 
And when I was there in Australia and New Zealand, of course, now with COVID and everything, everything most likely is different, but it was so easy to find people. And when people are traveling, everybody's very open-minded. That's another thing. When you get into the traveling scene, uh, everybody's so open-minded to meet other people because everybody's alone, everybody's exploring, everybody's on that mindset. So you don't feel yourself alone like I feel here because everybody here is in the group, they are working, they don't have time. Honestly, they, everybody's busy. They don't have the time to even, who are you? I'm too busy. But when you are traveling, all the sudden you have all the time in the world. You have all the flexibility in the world and you are seeking for connecting with people, exploring new places. So people are very open-minded. That's That was my experience. Okay, we live full-time in an RV for three years now. We are moving into our first townhouse in Sedona. Yeah, so Amy, f- feel free to share here how how your experience is, right? Uh, because I'm nervous about being in one place, but I need to heal. Yeah, Amy and uh, Amy and everybody and myself, what I felt is that there are cycles in life, okay? I had a cycle of I needed full adventure, 100% nomad. I didn't want to have any responsibilities, right? And it felt really good. It was very freeing. But then after that, it got to the point that after seeing a thousand waterfalls, seeing a thousand like temples, seeing a thousand Buddhas, and you start, um, I was lacking meaning. I was lacking a little bit of fulfillment. I was lacking a connection with people because I was very sad to meet amazing people and always saying bye after a few days, a few weeks. And then always saying bye to amazing people that I really liked, but they just left or I left. And it was very tiring for me at the end to see, okay, I'm meeting you. It's great, but you're going to (laughs) leave. And I I needed a little bit of consistency in my life. And that's when I decided to come to Canada with with my wife. Okay. And now I enjoy having that, that routine. I enjoy having my home. I enjoy having my studio where I can record, but I still enjoy that nomadic lifestyle every, every year for maybe a few months, right? And I am working towards having a business that allows me to be able to do this anytime I want and travel from, from anywhere in the world, right? But I still have a base. And that's what I like. I still have a base. And that base, this base right now is in Canada. Okay? So again, depending on your life situation, depending on, on, on what you feel, uh, you are going to create a recipe that is going to make sense to you. And sometimes that recipe is just going crazy, 100%, leave everything behind uh, responsibly, okay? Not like uh, damaging anyone, but just what I did, I rented my flat, I sold all my vehicles, I sold everything I owned, I left some stuff with my parents, and then I, I left and I didn't have any responsibilities. I didn't have expenses, I didn't have debt, so I was able to pay, I was able to save because I was planning this trip. We were planning this trip for over a year. So we had a person living in our apartment. We rented a, a room. And then, uh, so we kind of planned everything for a year. Okay, one full year for us to be able to leave our jobs, to sell everything we had, to save enough money to, to be comfortable while we were traveling, to get everything ready, to get our block up and running, to sort, sort all the paperwork that we needed and to kind of plan the route that we wanted to do, right? So yes, love the, the interesting people. Did you have any issues with language or cultural barriers? CJ, absolutely. That's a, another thing that you have to be aware of. For me, I wasn't an English-speaking person before leaving Barcelona. My English was really bad. 
So I struggled for years. I struggled. I still remember meeting people wanting to hang out with them and I didn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> so they were with me. I was smiling. Okay. But they were talking to me and then waiting for a response. And I was, what did you say? I didn't understand. Can you speak slowly, please? <laughs> and after like a thousand times, it's like, I, sorry, I can't. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and people got tired and left, right? So it took me a long time to learn English. Uh, it wasn't actually until I met my wife, Samantha, in New Zealand that I was forced to speak English all the time. And I lived with flatmates when I was living in New Zealand. Where, So it, for me, it was a big barrier, for sure. Language, huge one. And cultural barriers, absolutely. I found that the countries I was in, it, they were very different. And I found that me sharing that I was traveling with my partner at the time, but we were not married uh, and we didn't have kids. And sharing that with some people in some countries, it was difficult because they didn't understand that. And they were asking questions and they were even getting offended sometimes because their culture is so different, right? It's so different that we sometimes had to lie. We had to say we are married. Yeah, we, we, we are going to have kids soon because if not, people didn't understand and they were uncomfortable. But every country is different. But yeah, some countries were very, very different and very interesting to learn from. Uh, thank you, CJ. My English is amazing now. <laughs> It's good. I still have an accent, but I feel very comfortable. Uh, when I went to Canada, Samantha signed me up to give a public speaking the first time. And I was like, you did what? You signed me up for public speaking in front of people? <laughs> and I had to do it. So I had to push myself. I had to be standing in front of people and I had to kind of share what I wanted to share. And I found a way to communicate things and people liked it. And after that, I just kept working at it. I was living in Canada, everything was English for me. And yeah, it became easier and easier. So it's just time. But yeah, that can be difficult. If you are planning on moving to a country where there is a completely different language and they don't speak your language, you need to allow a little bit of time to, for you to learn, right? And for you to practice. So don't have the expectation that you're just going to go and in one month you're going to be completely integrated because it's, it's not going to be like that, most likely. It's going to be a little bit, it's going to take a bit longer, okay? Amy says, I went to Bogota, Colombia for three months. I was on my own with very little Spanish, but the best time in my life so far. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to be brave. And if you don't have these days, guys, with the internet, with Google Translate, uh, you can talk to your phone and it translates automatically to any language in the world. You can type anything. With all these tools, it's so much easier. Honestly, it is. When I traveled, I didn't have a smartphone with me. Uh, I didn't have a smartphone until I came to Canada. So I didn't have, I didn't know how to use these apps. I didn't know, I didn't have access to all those things. Today, these days, honestly, it's so easy. If you go to a country where they speak nothing, that you know you can still use those tools to communicate with people pretty easily. Uh, Rocio says, I need to improve my English. Next year, I'll start working on it. Yeah, Rocio, just get started. And the most important piece is to practice it, right? You, start, you need to start experiencing things in English. That's the only way for you to start getting comfortable. Be brave to, to don't be shy to like use it, even if it sounds horrible, according to you. Uh, just keep using it because that's the only way for you to learn. Okay, so some things, guys, if you have questions, specific questions, write them down there. 
but so, some of the things that I have here to share with you, I, I have a, I, I did like a brain dump. A brain dump is where I gather my ideas and write them down in a piece of paper. Some of the things that I wanted to share are the intention behind the trip. Okay. Uh, Rocio says, what is your native language? Uh, Rocio, I guess, is it Spanish? I don't know. She will answer. Yeah. So the intention of the trip. Okay. When you are thinking about doing a long trip, doing a sabbatical, or, or just doing something like this, really reflect with yourself, close your eyes, and then just breathe and just really check in with yourself about what is the intention of this trip? What is my intention? What would I like to, to, to take out of this trip? Okay. And you don't have to be like, again, if nothing comes up for you clearly, maybe your intention is to like to explore. I just want to explore. Maybe your intention is I want to spend three months with no plans. That was my intention. Uh, I just want to go with one way ticket to India and just see what happens. That was my intention, our intention with my ex-partner. That's what we did. And then we ended up spending almost a year in India alone. And then we went to Nepal three months and did a lot of hiking there. That was the intention for Nepal, hiking. In India, it was to get lost, to learn the culture, to do yoga meditation, to see the mountains, to learn a little bit of all the different gods that they have and why they, they do what they do, to go to the Ganga River and see the ceremonies that they had in there. There was so much to see there, right? We went to Sri Lanka just because we needed a visa. Uh, and then we just visited the country for like four weeks and then came back. And then we went to Thailand. And then the intention for Thailand was to enjoy the, the nice food that we love, uh, enjoy the beaches, relax a little bit, enjoy the sunshine. Uh, so every country had um, an intention behind us for us, right? So what is your intention about traveling, right? Think about that. For example, I recently did a, did a trip to the Dominican and the intention, the only intention was to kite surf. I went for one full week, seven days, and the only intention for that trip was to kite surf. And I can tell you that I learned there more than two years in Canada going back and forth a, a few times. So that was the power of that intention. So just think about it. What is your intention behind the trip? And just write it down and then think about that, right? Once you have the intention, then you need to think about the logistics. Depending what kind of trip you are trying to do, the logistics are going to look different, right? So how much money you're going to need? Uh, what do you need to do with your home if you have one? Can you sublet it? Can you sell it? Can you rent it? Can you just move out and then maybe come back and move in with your family members? Like just thinking about those logistics is important. In my case, I own a flat in Barcelona and then I did rent it. So we rented it and we've been lucky that it's been rented until now. And now I'm considering maybe to sell it. I don't know, but the, the, the tenants are still living in there. So it wasn't a problem for me, but if I was unlucky and they don't pay me or something happens, then I may need to go back, come back, right? And solve the problem or involve a family member. So you need to think about those things. What are you going to do if something happens, right? Another thing I did before leaving was I gave my mom full power to be able to do anything in my name. So I did that with a, with a lawyer. And then my mom can do anything for me if I need to, so that that, uh, that avoided me the need to come back a few times because she could sign papers for me, she could do things for me. 
So that's something to keep in mind. If you need to sign a document, if you need to do your taxes, if you need to do something and you need to sign something, just have a person that have full attorney, full power to do things for you. Okay. Another thing, uh, it's thinking about visas, right? What kind of visa can I get in the country that I'm going for? How long can I stay there? And this, especially in, this is especially important for those of you who are planning for maybe a full year or longer. Normally, if you are from the US, from Canada, from most countries, you can get up to three months easily in pretty much any country. Uh, but then depending on the country, you have to maybe show income, you have to show savings, you have to maybe do a visa, you have to... So every country is going to have a little bit of a work around visa. So maybe checking that, it's important. Okay. Thinking about insurance. That's something that uh, it was a big problem for me thinking, oh, should I pay for insurance? No. Should I just have savings in case something happens? And that's something that there is not a right or wrong answer because maybe you pay for insurance and nothing happens and you feel that you wasted your money, but maybe something happens and then all of a sudden you have a huge bill and you are so grateful that you have insurance. So that's another thing to, to look at. Like, am I, am I covered if something happens to me or am I going to be a problem for someone else if something happens to me? Um, about budget, it's important to think about how much money you are going to need how much money you need to save. And it's it's nice sometimes to be able to see how much things cost in that country. And then your daily budget, weekly budget, and monthly budget sometimes really helps. Like knowing that you have $30 a day, $50 a day, $100 a day, whatever, for you to, to do things. Sometimes that helps people understand how much they can do or how little they can do. Okay. Uh, message for Rocio. Okay. Power of attorney, so smart. Yeah, CJ, that's something that if you guys are going for a for a for longer than three months, I would say. Especially I was in Spain and then I was going to India, Asia, Australia, New Zealand. Flying back from those places sometimes it's expensive. So if I have to play for a if I have to pay for a flight to come back and then go back again, it was thousands of dollars. So I was glad to pay, I think I paid a hundred euros or something like that to get that paper done and then leave my mom a copy of my documents and everything. Just make sure that she could do things for me. Okay. Of course, I tried to make everything online that I could. Everything I could do online. I had access to my banking. I had so everything I could, I did it online and anything that required myself, my presence, then I made sure that my mom was able to do that for me. So make sure that you take that in account. Because you may have a surprise that, oh, you have to come here and no one can do that for you. And then all of a sudden you have a huge problem. If you have medical needs, research how you will get uh, medications, etc. Absolutely, Amy, thank you. If you guys have any specific requests, any specific needs, you have to make sure that you have either you are carrying with you enough or someone you buy enough in your country and then someone is going to mail you when you need them. That's something that I saw people do, especially with medication, because if you are traveling with a backpack, you don't want to carry a lot of stuff with you, right? But if you need a specific medication or you need something specific every X amount of time, people bought enough quantity and then they left it with family members and then they, they would contact them. Hey, I'm going to be at this hostel next week or in two weeks. Can you please ship me 10 boxes, 15 boxes, five boxes of that thing that I need? 
and then they can ship that for you or you you can check if you can buy them there because sometimes you can buy those things in the country where you are at so all those logistics are important for you to kind of research and make sure that you are covered that it doesn't become a problem for you okay yeah so also where i live to continue to get free medical care i have to be in the country a certain number of days yeah kimberly thank you uh here in canada is six months if you live for more than six months i don't think you lose it but you lose you need to be back for x amount of time and i think there is a, a there is a transition there where you are not covered so researching that is also important right what happens in your country if you live for longer than than that time sometimes people just come back and then they leave again or sometimes here in canada i know a lot of people they have designed their nomadic lifestyle where they spend six months in Canada and six months away because that's the amount of time that first it's enough for them second they don't have the problem with the healthcare they don't lose it and, and they enjoy that they enjoy that variety so that's another thing that you don't have to be full-on nomadic if you don't want to uh, my psychiatrist wouldn't prescribe after three months even within the US yeah, again, any limitations that you may have with your doctor, you need to take in account that. So in cases like this, that maybe you have a limitation of three months or something, you can still do something for three months and then come back. So it's not that you have to stop uh, traveling. You can still do a lot of stuff, right? And Kimberly, you are Canadian. You can still live for more than six months. You, you won't lose it forever. But I think there is a transition amount of time where if something were to happen, maybe you can be in trouble, but I don't think you just lose it forever. Again, those are questions to ask uh, to the professionals, maybe going to the, to the specific place and ask, what happens if I do this? What can I do to get it back? And then exactly know all, have all the information so that you can make a, an informed decision. You just map out the time frame. Yeah, exactly, Amy. For a lot of people, they don't want to be full-time nomads anyways because they have families, they have uh, interests, they have like maybe a home. So maybe for them, like I, I know people here, for example, I know that there are some places that they are like a, like a campground that they have bungalows, but people there can only live 10 months every year and two months they have to leave and then they will come back. Okay, it's like a trailer park kind of idea. So... I, I know a lot of people, they use those months to go traveling and that's their sabbatical, that's their nomadic lifestyle. And every year, the same two months, they leave. So if I have a flat there, I can contact them and say, hey, my flight is available for two months. And some people may be, okay, I can come two months for, to your house and then I will go traveling and they will pay me to stay there and then they can go back to their home and I can come back to my home. So that's another idea that sometimes Sometimes you can research all, all, all these ideas if you have a home so that you can actually do something and you don't have to pay for two places, right? Because that's another thing. If you live and you have you are paying a mortgage or rental, you can have someone else living there while you are gone and they are paying you for that. So what else do I have? Communities that you can use, communities that are online. Communities that I personally use when I travel and I love, love, love them. The first one that I use a lot, couch surfing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's couch, like a couch where you sit. 
So you are surfing the couch, pretty much. C-O-U-C-H and then surfing, S-U-R-F-I-N-G. So that community, I used it so many times. I, I stayed in Thailand, in Bangkok with a guy for like three weeks. I stayed in, uh, in Australia with several people, uh, in New Zealand with several people. It was amazing. I, I met so many amazing people there. And it's not only couchsurfing. When I used it, it's been a while, so I don't know. I know it has changed over time, so I haven't used it in the last few years. But when I used it, you could crash in someone's home. Uh, the idea behind that is travelers helping travelers, okay? So, for example, when I was living in New Zealand, I would host couchsurfers that were traveling by. Because when I travel, a lot of people help me out, okay? So there is no money involved. And then ideally there is some sort of a change. It's, it's just not a place that you go crash and leave. There is a little bit of communication, a little bit of like spending time together and the expectations are different for everybody. But uh, I used it and then people helped me out a lot. They gave me like place to sleep. Sometimes I stayed there for days, sometimes for weeks, sometimes for one day. Uh, everybody can say what they want to offer. And sometimes they don't have to offer sleeping. They can just offer an experience. Like say, hey, I'm in Barcelona. If you come to the city, I'm willing to spend three time, three hours with you and I will show you around. And that's my way of giving back to the community. Okay? So I remember that so many people helped me out, hosted me, showed me the city, uh, cooked food for me. It was amazing. When I had my own place, I did it a lot. And I had, I don't know, hosted probably over 30 people in, in a year and a half. And all people that were passing through and they were contacting me, hey, can I? And I was with another group of people, so they would join me to go out to do stuff. And it was very fun, very nice. Uh, I used it when I was doing my one woman show. They just wanted to help because my show was on addiction and abuse. People just offered to help support the work. Yeah. Good morning, Emilio. What up? Or online is this? So, this one that I just shared is called Couch Surfing. That's one, okay? Other ones that I used personally was woofing, willing workers on organic farms. That's the translation. So W-W-O-O-F-I-N-G, woofing. That one, it's mostly farms. It's mostly uh, you give them time in a change of accommodation and food or sometimes only accommodation. But that's great because you are saving and at the same time, it's meant to be an exchange. Meaning, I did that in a winery. I did that in a horse farm. I did that in a, in a big farm that they needed help. But you always learn something. The idea here is not free labor. The idea here is you stay there, you communicate with the people, they give you a task, you do the task for like a few hours, and then you get free accommodation, you get food, and you get to be a part of, of that environment. So in my case, I learned about wine. I learned about how to treat vines. I learned how to put the netting up. I and so I learned some of that stuff. In the horse farm, I learned how to ride a horse nicely. I went out on a horse to do move cattle from one place to another. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Of course, you can go to a place and, and maybe they are not nice and maybe they slave you. That can happen too. But there is a communication prior to. So that's another community, boofing. Uh, help X is another one. Help X. I use that a few times and that's more of a 
volunteering, but it doesn't have to be farms. It was most more like stay at my home and teach me Spanish for an hour and then I give you free place to stay or maybe come to my house and maybe cook me breakfast and lunch and then you can stay or maybe come to my house and maybe help me fix this electrical thing and then you can stay for free. So in my case, I have skills of electricity, plumbing, stuff like that. So I was trying always to use those and say, hey, I am handy, I can fix things or I can teach you Spanish or I can teach you salsa dancing or I can... Uh, cook you Spanish food. So those were some of the things that I offered. And then people will take you. They will say, okay, come to my place for three nights and then you can stay for free. So that was called Help X and uh, Work Away. It's another one. Roxanne says, come here. Where are you, Roxanne? <laughs> I can come and see you. <laughs> Love that. Willing workers to learn about the people too. Yeah, Help X and then Work Away was another one that I used when I travel. Again, I haven't used them in a while because I didn't need to, but I know that there are there are new ones that probably I don't know. But the idea is, the idea when you are traveling for a long time is try to save by not spending a lot every day. So if you have to pay accommodation, normal accommodation every day, then it becomes very pricey to, to be a nomad. So you can't afford it, right? So by using these communities, for me, it was like I got to immerse myself in that local community. So when I was doing couchsurfing, I had the opportunity to immerse myself in, in that person's lifestyle for a few days. That to me was already enough because it's like, wow, I am in this country that I don't know. I am living the life of this person. I'm seeing how they function. I see what, what they do, where they work what they do for fun, they show you around the things that they like and, and then you, sh you share something that you like with them and then at the end of the day, there is always an exchange. The idea here is that, okay? I know that there are people that abuse the system, of course, like in everything else, but the idea behind this is that when you are writing someone, you are not just writing, hey, Emilio, I want to crash at your place on Tuesday night. Are you free? I will probably say, no, I'm not. <laughs> But if you say, hey, Emilio, I read your profile. I saw that you're from Spain. I love, I love Spain. I love, uh, I don't know, cooking Spanish food or I am from Turkey or I am from the US. My, my passion is to do this and I can show you how to do this or share this with you. And I would love to learn this from you. Do you think I can stay for a couple nights at the same time I see the city? So there is a little bit of like exchange here. Okay. Again. If you want to be alone, if you want to do your own thing, if you don't want to enter all these dynamics, then these communities are not for you, okay? Because when you do this, you have to enter the dynamics. You have to be social. You have to, you have to give and receive. If you just want to do your own thing, be free and work and, and just be alone all the time, then I will say you need to pay for accommodation then, okay? That's the reality. Because it's not nice to go to someone else's home and just be alone and just don't offer anything. That's not nice. I posted online as a dog sitter and house sitter and got to see lots of beautiful places. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for extroverts. Yeah. Again, other other options for you to explore, okay? You can try uh, you can try trusted house sitters. So this is another community, trusted house sitters. What is this community all about? 
this is all about people that are leaving their homes for a period of time and they need someone to stay in their homes, take care of their plants, take care of their pets, or maybe they just want someone living there just for safety, just to check in that there is not a flood, that nothing happens, that there are people living there so that no one goes inside to steal. Again, trusted house sitters. Thank you, Amy. That's one. There are many more, okay? But I know about that one. And, and I met people that were using that full-time. They were full-time trusted house sitters. That means that they can they go from home to home and they never pay for accommodation. You don't pay for accommodation. You just go to that place, okay? And then you stay there for free and you are free to do whatever you want. You normally are alone. So this is good for people who doesn't want to socialize or maybe people who are working full time, but they don't want to be in their home. So you can go to someone else's home and then you have an arrangement. You do whatever they need you to do. And then you just have the house for yourself for that entire time. Okay. Emilio, can you post all these resources in your circle? I can post some of them. Yeah, Amy, I can do that. Is there a place where all these resources could be could be posted? Dude, join my circle and I will make sure to post all the, all the ones that I'm aware of. Okay. Another idea for those of you who own a home, you can do a house exchange. This is really cool because you can say I have a house in the US and this person has a house in Germany or Australia or wherever you want to go. And then you can arrange to do an exchange, right? And some platforms, you have to do the exchange right away. But some other platforms, you can offer your home for like one, two, three weeks, whatever you want. And then... You don't have to do it at the same time. You just have a bank of time that you can then use in other places. So I have friends that use that and I don't remember the exact name of this platform, but I just did a quick search. I just type house exchange sites on Google and I had a list of like a lot of them. I have not used them personally yet. Okay, but that's another idea that you can explore if you own a home and you want to trade you can exchange or you can explore the idea of yeah of, of just do, doing that any which websites did you use yeah lisa uh, i did not do an exchange but i have a colleague she's an organizer too and she was telling me how beautiful it was they did it so they went to europe they're from canada from toronto so they did an, an exchange real time with a with a family somewhere in europe and then they also did they went to live with their parents and then they did uh, allow a family to stay two weeks in their home. And then they had two weeks then to use in the future. And then they used those two weeks to go to a different country when a house was available. And then that's all, that all happens uh, with no money exchange. It's not, it doesn't cost you anything, right? So that's another great idea for you to explore. Guys, there are so many beautiful ideas these days with the internet. There are so many very amazing communities of people open-minded people that are willing to do all these things because they they appreciate the this resilience of being able to like do these things where money is not the only way to travel home exchange is for house swapping a great way to see the world yeah so what else <clears throat> yeah so all these communities again if you have the funds if you have enough money and you just want to do your own thing you just want to transfer your lifestyle from where you are to a different place and you are happy to rent a place there and stay there for two months, three months, whatever. 
then you can maybe use Airbnb or something similar. I know Airbnb now offer like a long-term rental and you can rent a furnished place with internet, with everything by the month. And I know that there are many other websites depending on the country. Facebook Marketplace is another one that you can look at. But again, all these places are meant for those of you who have the money to just rent a place and then you just transfer your lifestyle to that specific country for a period of time. And you don't have to then deal with communicating with people to try to find experiences. And this is good for those of you who are working full time and you just want to change the scenery, but you are not interested in, in engaging in all these community ideas right now because you are just in a different stage. And sometimes that's, that's your vibe and that's fine. That's perfect. Emilio, you are amazing with all your worldwide tips. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> it's a very passionate topic for me because traveling, guys, changed my life. It, that, it did change my life forever. I can tell you when I leave Barcelona, when I left Barcelona in 2008, September 2008, I was one person. And after coming back to Canada in 2012, I was a completely different person way better, 100,000 times better. Why? Because I had the opportunity to explore the world. I had the opportunity to immerse myself in hundreds of different lifestyles. I had the opportunity to see how many different countries live, work, values. And then after seeing all that, after seeing so many examples of what can be done in so many different ways, your perspective of life changes completely the possibilities open up. When you see people doing things that you never imagined were possible and they are doing it, it opens your mind to the possibility of like, I can do that too. If they are doing it, why can't I do it? And then I also felt that when I came back here, like if you don't see the world, it's very difficult to, to be open to all those things because you are not even aware of them, okay? And I came back to Barcelona and I can tell you that I was seeing everybody else with completely different eyes. And Barcelona is a very multicultural city too. There are people from all over the world. And when I left, I didn't understand many of them. I had no idea why a Chinese family, three Chinese families were living in one apartment. I didn't know why the Pakistani guy in the store downstairs was having an app behind the counter. I didn't know what so many things. And when I came back, I understood everything. I understood everything because I saw it and I, had, I appreciated it the different ways of doing things in life because they are just different and why people do what they do. So it's such an open-minded, open... Yeah, your mind just explodes. My mind exploded. Love Home Swap, another website. Nomador. Thank you, Amy. Uh, seeing the world opens you in, yeah, in immeasurable ways. Absolutely, Roxanne. And you don't have to do a crazy trip like I did, like a three-year trip or two-and-a-half-year trip. You can, you can immerse yourself for a few weeks in different countries and then you, you will get the same similar experience. I, I wouldn't say the same because you don't have enough time to live there. But if you can go three or four weeks to India and then you can go three or four weeks to Peru and then you can go three or four weeks to, I don't know, a different country, that, that's enough time for you to, yeah, to explore, to experience. And if you are open-minded if you are curious if you want to engage in these communities it's amazing to just give them a try and then see what happens because sometimes things start flowing in a direction and it just if you just let yourself go and flow sometimes 
it's amazing where things take you. I just want to say that <laughs> sometimes it's nice to don't have a routine. That's something that I also wanted to share. Like we, we repeat things over and over in life, right? And we start forming these patterns, these habits. When you travel, you just break out of all of them. You don't have a home. You don't have routines. You don't have, you don't repeat the same thing. And every day is completely different. So that really opens your mind to like, I have no idea what's going to happen today, but it's okay. And I'm happy with it. I don't need to know. Do you know what I mean? You set the intention, but you don't have to control how things happen. And this is really good for, for those of us who get in a pattern and we repeat, 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 repeat. And then we find ourselves in that pattern and then we get anxiety when we get out of it. And then we need to control everything and the outcome needs to be known. And it's like, no, things can be in a thousand different ways. And if you relax and let things flow, they will go somewhere and, and you will enjoy the process anyways. So you don't need to know everything. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Emilio. Always a pleasure to listen and learn. You are such an inspiration. Thank you, Roxanne. Did you stay in a in an ashram in India? Yeah, Lisa, when I went to India, if you are looking for ashrams, yoga, meditation, things like that, one of the meccas is uh, Rishikesh. Okay, Rishikesh is one of the meccas for learning yoga. That's where majority of the teachers are. Okay, and these days you can find the courses online too because of COVID. My wife actually did a Jin Yoga certification, 200 hour certification, and the teachers are in Rishikesh. Okay, and they have an ashram there. So I stayed in different ashrams there and I did a meditation course in there. I didn't do, I was planning on doing a, the Vipassana. It's a 10-day meditation in silence, but I didn't end up doing that. Rishikesh. Yeah, that's, I think that's how you spell it. And that's in the in north of India. I think that's Himachal Pradesh, I believe, is the, is the province of. But yeah, if you just type Rishikesh Yoga, you will find in the map. Yeah, Amy, my wife paid for the certification. Yeah, I, I don't remember how much, but... Doing it online was way easier than having to go in person, right? Are most ashrams open to visitors? When I was there, absolutely. That was their main business, uh, youth, for people to come, for people to learn, and then different lens. Uh, so yeah, there were different options. With COVID right now, I'm pretty sure they are open now, but I don't know how it works. Mindy says, Emilio, what is your circle called? Your thriving lifestyle. If someone please can type it in the chat, that would be amazing. Um, thank you. Thank you, Amy. So some of the other things that I would like to share, <coughs> it's how important uh, minimalism, organization, and being intentional is when you are trying to tackle something like this, like a long trip, uh, like being a nomad. And I can tell you when I was packing my backpack, I had no idea what to pack. So I left Spain the first time with a, 70 liter backpack in the back and a 35 liter backpack in the front with the stuff that I thought I needed, right? And I started traveling. And then after a couple of weeks, every single day, I was leaving something behind for probably two or three weeks, a pair of pants, a t-shirt, a thing that I didn't need. And then I came back to Spain six or seven months after for a quick visit. And then when I left again, I only had one backpack of 35 liters and that's it. Everything was in there. So you can imagine how much you learn when you are doing a trip like this about yourself, about your needs and about what's really, truly important to you. 
And I had a laptop too at that time. I had a tiny laptop. So I had everything I needed in a in a 35-liter backpack. Can you imagine that? I, I couldn't believe it. It's like I can't believe I'm traveling the world with this backpack. It's just it's just amazing. When I live years out of three bags, <coughs> I had a Mac, a crystal, like a session status. What's important for me for the is very different. Yeah. So you learn, but the, the countries I was traveling, it was very easy to stay in, in guest houses. It, it was very inexpensive. So I, I didn't need to carry food or, or my Mac or anything like that because you don't need to. It's more expensive to go to the supermarket and cook than to actually eat local food. That happened in India, in Thailand, in, in all these countries. It was just easier for me to do it that way. Australia, New Zealand was different. That's that's more like Europe and, and, and Canada and the US. It, it's worth it to just go to the supermarket and cook. Um, so every country is a bit different too. So that's why you have to look for forums, ask people who have been there, ask how much things cost, maybe use the Lonely Planet Guide or something similar to get familiar with the cost of things, okay? But yeah, <clears throat> that those are some of the things that I wanted to share with you guys today about uh, nomadic lifestyle and, and long trip uh, tips. So guys, who is gonna go on a trip next? <laughs> can you post in the circle what's needed to take with you? So dude, I can... Um, Inside Timer doesn't let me share links, external links, because I I I have a um, I have a blog post, a blog that I used to write when I was traveling, and and I have a list of things that you need, and everything was in there, but I cannot share that the link in here. Uh, can you post in the circle what's needed to take with you? Yeah, again, sure, but what's needed uh, I can I can share it with you right now, like two t-shirts, two pair of socks, two pair of underpants, one pair of pants. <laughs> One pair of shoes, my my laptop, the charger, a book to read, sunglasses, uh, my phone, my charger, and pretty much that's it because I was washing every single day. That's the thing. It depends on the kind of trip that you want to take because I was backpacking, carrying everything with me, and I was moving every few days. I couldn't have much. I didn't want to carry a huge suitcase, and so that's what I was doing. Some people will say, I will never wash clothes every day and I would rather carry more quantity and then do laundry every now and then. Some people did that and that's fine too. So that's very like subjective. Uh, some people may need more than others. But once you get started, you will find out very quickly what is it that you need. And for those of you who are unclear, I will invite you to do, this is what I did when I started camping when I was little and I, I wasn't sure what I needed. Instead of going really far away and then try to set the tent, try to eat, try to test the system I had to make sure that I didn't forget anything, what I did, I prepared for the trip, but then I went around the corner and I camped around the corner, really close to my house. But I did the whole experience there. So I packed everything the same way. I had the same clothes. And then I spent two or three days around the corner just with what I bought. Uh, and then I had a list with me. Oh, wow, I forgot this. Oh, this is, I, I didn't use this. I don't need it. I, I, I forgot my lamp. I need that. Oh, I was really cold. I need an extra jacket. So you start creating that list. And then that list, have it somewhere that you can keep adding and removing things. And then now myself, I have a camping list. I have a traveling list. 
and I have a kayaking list because sometimes I go kayaking and you need specific gear for that trip. So every time I do something different, I normally create a list and normally it lives in Google Keep. In my case, it's Google Keep because I can access it from any device. And then anytime I go camping again, I don't have to like break my mind trying to remember. I open that list and I have every single thing that I needed when I actually did it. And when I was camping the first time and I was, ah, I forgot my iPod with a podcast and I'm so bored. For example, I will write down iPod with a podcast or download movies from Netflix on my phone to be able to watch them at night. That's on my list. Uh, you know what I mean? Like every single detail that I forgot, every single action that will benefit and make the trip more enjoyable, I will add it to that list and then open the list and then you have it there. It takes one time to create it and then you perfect that list every single time you use it. That's what I would recommend you do. We started the RV living three months in a hometown. See, Amy did that thing. You need to try and test the idea because you don't know. And it's something new for you. So allow yourself the time to experience, to test it without pressure. So for me, I didn't want to go to India without knowing what I needed, the basics, right? So I made sure to do trips before that. And then when I went to India, yes, I had more stuff that I needed, but I had the stuff that I needed at the end. I didn't forget anything, okay? Uh, and you can always get things there if you need to. <clears throat> Great going, Amy. Um, yeah, so guys, what's, uh, what's coming up for you before I leave? It's almost time. Uh, trial run is really important, yes. Then you build confidence and take bigger risks along the way. Yeah, trial run. Allow yourself a little bit of time to test it. If you are planning on doing a sabbatical and you are unsure of what you need, allow yourself to maybe do a weekend away close home, maybe go to a friend's home and simulate that you are away, simulate that you are doing couchsurfing on someone else's home and see if you packed everything that you need. See if you like it, see what you are missing. Especially for those for those of you who have a, a computer and you are planning on, on doing like this. For example, I'm doing this live session from Barcelona and I, I am also recording it, but I don't have my microphone. I don't have the things that I normally have at home. So I, before coming in one of the sessions, I tested the idea. What happens if I record the session using an app on my phone? How is the sound quality? Can I share it? Uh, will the recording stop after a period amount of time? So right now, as you see, I have my phone here and it is recording with an application that I already tested and I know it works because I did it at home. But I tried different things before that and they didn't work. So I didn't wait to come here and then fail. <laughs> I try, I simulated the idea at home. And once I had a system that was working, then I come here and I feel so confident because I have experienced that, that thing before. So allow yourself to do something similar. And if you overpacked, take note of what you didn't use and get it off your list. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only way for you to discover it. You have to do it. You have to actually experience it. That's the only way for you to know what you didn't need or what you didn't pack that you needed. <laughs> I normally overpack. I, I always say that I normally overpack clothes and I always end up having things that I, I didn't use and I didn't need. But I always am afraid of like, oh, but I need more than two t-shirts. But then realistically after it's like, well, it depends if you wash them, no. <laughs> But sometimes I'm afraid of like, oh no, I, I will need this and I will need this and I will need this. 
and then you end up not using it. Okay, guys, I'm so happy to see you here. Um, let me know what's your biggest takeaway. Let me know if you have any questions before I leave. Uh, happy to answer them. It's raining here. I don't know if you can hear the rain, but it's raining a lot. So guys, just for you to know, like this is my to-do list here in Barcelona, things I have to do while I'm here. So I have to do a lot of paperwork, lots of things, but I don't try to remember all of this in my head. I had a list on my phone and every time I thought, oh, next time I go to Barcelona, I have to, I have to get a new passport or I have to make sure that I, had that I have that credit card or I have to make sure that I do that, that paperwork that I can only do here or I will need. So I keep a track of everything that I need. And then when I come here, I have that list. I don't have to think about it. And this is the paperwork that I had to pack this time. This is like my vaccination. This is my COVID test. This is my the form that I needed to enter Portugal because I transit through there. The form that I needed for Spain. Like, it's crazy. The paperwork, it's crazy. But again, if you are not organized, if you don't know the steps, then your trip becomes a stress, becomes something overwhelming and people feel anxiety. But if you do everything proactively, then it becomes, okay, I know what I'm doing. I have everything I need and everything is good. Uh, biggest takeaway, research online. When I travel there, went on cell phones or public Wi-Fi. Yeah, same for me. Wi-Fi wasn't as available and I didn't have a cell phone either. Thank you for doing this live. <laughs> How much time in advance do we need to plan traveling abroad? How much time in advance? Uh, I would say that that's probably, probably the visa is one of the only requirements that may stop you from, from just going <clears throat> if you need a visa. But other than that, I would say whatever you need to plan in, in your end, like booking a, getting the visa and booking a, a flight ticket, it just can't happen like that. So I will say, I don't know, it all depends what you have to organize at home before you leave, right? And what your expectations are. In my case, if I'm leaving for two weeks and I don't have to do anything at home, the only thing I have to do is like someone take care of my cat, tell my, my neighbor to keep an eye on the house, and then I just leave. If I'm planning on going for a year, I, I, I want to find someone to rent my apartment. I, I, I need to find the visas I need. So maybe it requires more time for me to be ready. So yeah, <clears throat> get a passport, all that stuff, for sure. Uh, your adventure sound sounds so brave. Well, Savannah, it was it was amazing, but it was progressive, right? For you, it may sound like a crazy, but it was. I started with a, a little trip, and then I did a bigger one, and then I exposed myself to a bigger one, and then it became more and more comfortable. Uh, and that's how you have to do it. You have to get started small, or sometimes just go for it and explore it and you can always come back home if you don't feel well right like that's the worst case scenario can i offer something to encourage others here yeah amy of course you can this is an open community uh you have beautiful open view of the world thank you for sharing my husband and i enjoy learning bits and pieces of other cultures and languages and honoring them yeah cj um i saw so many different ceremonies like i remember for example being in i think it was Cambodia or Laos, one of these two countries, Cambodia or Laos, or maybe Vietnam, south of Vietnam, one of those countries. I remember arriving to a village. We were hiking, right? We arrived to this little village and there was a party happening. 
was a party. Everybody was eating. Everybody was, was happy. Everybody was dressed in really colorful clothes. And then when we asked, what's happening here? They told me, oh, someone died. What do you mean someone died? So this is a funeral? Yeah, this is a celebration. No, it's not a funeral. It's a celebration of life. We are honoring everything that that person did. And we are, we are take, having a party because that's what that person wants us to do. They want us to celebrate his transition into the new world. And they want, he wants us to, to honor everything that, that he did here. And he doesn't want to see us sad. He wants us to move forward. And I was like, wow, like this is not how it happens in North America or Europe at all. So that was just one example of many thousands that I can I could share with you. So yeah, it's so interesting to like see how other cultures approach death, approach marriage, approach relationships, work, life balance, having a nap. Like how, for example, if you go to India, everybody has a nap, doesn't matter where they are. It's normal. If I do that in Spain, if I do that in Canada, people will look at me and say, who are you? Why are you laying down there? This is not a place to sleep, right? So that's an exam another example of ways of doing things, right? I love having a nap in the middle of the day. I don't do it every day, but I love being able to rest my back and just close my eyes and just spend maybe 10, 15 minutes just being comfortable. But you cannot do that in specific countries. It's not People don't do it, so people feel weird if you do it. So that's another example, right? Uh, so any tips about flying inexpensively around Thailand, India, etc. to get from place to place if not driving uh, Jude, honestly flying is only recommended be between the country I only will fly if you have a short amount of time and you just want to move fast from place to place I didn't fly I only flew between countries I, I never flew between the same country so in India I took the train and mostly buses uh, in Thailand, buses are great, very inexpensive, and they take you from place to place. Night buses are a thing, so you can sleep very comfortably while moving from place to place, and you save accommodation. Uh, there are also ferries. So there are a lot of options around that will be more inexpensive and, and still fast enough, okay? But if you want to fly, then, yeah, flights are what, what they are. They are more expensive. But, yeah, you can... Uh, online just check online that's what i will do google flights i i find it to be very nice very because you can if you are flexible with dates you can put the, your destination and then you can put the dates and then you can you can see a calendar of all the prices right so you can select the cheapest dates and then you can be flexible about that that's how i booked the, this flight to barcelona i just opened the calendar and then i saw the, the cheapest flight and then because i'm flexible I say, okay, I'm going to go from the 18th to December 1st. And those were the cheapest flights. And that's how I did it. So I would say using a, a website like Google Flights or something similar that can compare flights from different uh, companies and then allowing you to look at that calendar so that you can select uh, the most inexpensive rate. Okay, that's what I would recommend you, you, uh, you to do. Americans have a not so good reputation for respecting other cultures. Yeah. Thanks. Didn't know about Google Flights. Yeah, use it. Give it a try. Google Flights. And I normally go to uh, my Google Chrome, my, the browser, and I open an incognito tab. Uh, so you can do that. And then that way it doesn't track who you are. So that if you go back to take the same flight, they don't know that it's you, hopefully. And then the price doesn't go up.
that's another tip that someone told me and I use it now. Um, just open an incognito tab so that the profile is not the same and then they wouldn't know that it's you coming back. Okay. Okay, guys, time is over. Um, thank you so much for being here and for, for participating in this discussion. I really liked it. If you enjoyed it, feel free to donate. Oh, I have an announcement that I forgot. Oh, my God. So my workshops are live. Today, I received an email that say, says your workshops are live. So I went to my profile and you can see now uh, it says uh, my home mentoring and workshops. And inside workshops, you can see the two workshops that I'm offering. One is in January, two sessions, and the other one is in February, four sessions. Okay, so you can see how many spots are open there. And then you can see the price and the description. Everything is in there. So if you are interested, go and check them out. Uh, it's under the tab that says workshops, okay? And I didn't hear back from my new course yet, so it's not published yet, but it will be soon, okay? Yeah, thank you. I totally forgot, guys. I, I'm really bad at promoting myself. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, that's available there. And also, just a reminder that I offer one-on-one -on -one mentoring calls if you are interested in diving deep, deeper into any of these topics that we cover. Uh, and a one-on-one -on -one call is a video call with you and me and it's way more intentional because we can see each other, we can talk to each other live and we can dive deeper into whatever you are going through. Okay, I, I'm really enjoying those. Uh, so feel free to book one if you feel that you can need them, that you need one of those, okay? And that's it, guys. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I am gonna keep going with my day here in Barcelona and I will see you on Thursday, okay? So in two days at the same time. If anything happens, I told you the other day, if anything happens, I will postpone the live to another day, but I will try my best to be here, okay? So I will see you then, okay? Adios. Enjoy your vacas. Thank you, Brittany. Have an amazing rest of your day. And thank you for being here. Bye.